Hello, my friends, and welcome to worship for January 16th of 2022, our first service, finally, of the new year. Now, of course, we are not gathering in person as we would so much prefer to do, but we are gathering together wherever you are right now. We are still together by the power of God's Holy Spirit. We will remain worshiping online for at least the end of January, until at least then, and then we will decide what to do after that, depending on public health protocols and what the province and the state of COVID is, uh, is going on at that time. And we will, of course, keep you up to date. I do hope that everyone is safe and healthy during this current Omicron wave. And uh, we know that it's very contagious. So I just want to encourage you to uh, be safe, limit your contacts, wear your masks when you're out and all those things and, and get your booster when, when the time comes. We just want to try to keep everyone safe and healthy and to protect our fragile healthcare system. Uh, if you do need anything, do not hesitate to call the office. I am here for you and I would be more than happy to talk with you at any time, so please feel free. Now, I'm also recording this before the weekend storm, uh, so I hope you are all healthy and warm and safe uh, whenever and wherever you're watching this from. That's really all the announcements I have for today. Let's just take a moment to silence our hearts as we prepare to worship our God.
Our scripture reading today comes from the book of Genesis, chapter 2, verses 18 to 24. It reads, Then the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper as his partner. So out of the ground the Lord God formed every animal of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called to every living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all cattle and to the birds of the air and to every animal of the field. But for the man, there was not found a helper as his partner. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man and he slept. Then he took one of his ribs and closed up his place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, This at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. This one shall be called woman. For out of man this one was taken. Therefore a man leaves his father and his mother and clings to his wife, and they become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray together. Lord God, we gather in your presence wherever we may be, and we welcome your Holy Spirit among us. The same Spirit that just gathers us together, may it inspire our thoughts and my words, that we all bring glory to your name. This we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now it's hard to believe we've not had any public or any worship at all since Christmas Eve together here at Carmen. The pandemic has reared its ugly head once again, and we're back to meeting online for at least this month. And as I said, we'll keep you posted about February. I've said this before, this is not at all what we were expecting. Things were moving in the direction of becoming a bit more normal, and we were enjoying worshiping together uh, through the fall. But we are trying to keep safe, 
that we're staying home, we're limiting our contacts, and I, for one, am looking forward to getting my booster shot on Tuesday morning, and I hope you will be getting yours if you haven't already as well. Now, since it is still the start of a new year, I thought it would be fun to look at the Bible, uh, a different topic of the Bible than we might normally look at. And I've, I've called this series The Heroic Women of the Bible. Uh, there are a number of titles that went through my head as I was preparing this series, but it doesn't really matter, I suppose, what the title is. It just looks good maybe on a Facebook post or a, or a website. But we are going to look at uh, some significant women of the Bible. We're going to look at six over the next six weeks. Now, when I was doing my research around this series, I quickly found at least 20 women we could be looking at. And it was really difficult to narrow it down to six. Uh, but somehow I managed to do it. But out of the, all those other women, we may bump into a few uh, along the way as we look at the six I've chosen. And to be honest, we're looking at Eve today. And to be honest, Eve wasn't even on my initial shortlist but then I did a little more reading, a little more research, a, a little more prayer, and Eve slowly worked her way up the list, and now here she is today. Now, if I'm going to talk about Eve at all during this series, it, it, it makes sense that she would be the first one we talk about. I mean, she was, after all, the first woman God created, so she definitely needs to be the first woman of this series to look at. Now, when we think of Eve... We tend to think about how she caused all that trouble in the Garden of Eden by eating that forbidden fruit. But I hope that as we look at her today, we'll discover much more about her life and how her life means so much more than just the mistake that she made. What we read from Genesis 2 is the creation of Eve. But in terms of the Bible, we don't actually find out her name is Eve until chapter 3, verse 20. It's much later in her story, uh, just before they are banished from the garden, that we find out Eve's name. Right from the very beginning, though, we should realize Eve is important. Adam is alone. He needs a helper. So God brings to Adam every creature on the earth to see if any of them would be a suitable helper for him. And none of them are. Not even the dog. I mean, the dog may be man's best friend, but apparently he's not a suitable helper. So, Adam, uh, so God puts Adam into a deep sleep. And he removes one of his ribs and creates woman to be his helper. Now, there are parts of Eve's story that people use to teach that women are inferior to men. And even this is part of one of those choices that they use. The extraction of the rib means women are only worth part of a man. But I disagree. And I find it especially helpful when we look at the language that is being used in this passage that we read from today. Adam needs a helper, we're told. And the word used for helper is ezer. Ezer is not an overly common word in the, old, in the Hebrew Testament, the old, the old Testament of the Bible. It's used only 21 times. Twice it is used for women. 
three times it is used in battle, and the remaining times it is used to describe God's, God's help to humanity, to people. Ezra does not mean cooking and laundry. It means the role of the woman, of Eve, is to reflect the nature of God to the man. Now, without Bev in my life or the number of amazing women at Parkdale United Church in Ottawa, if not for them, I would not be here today. Bev and the rest of these wonderful women uh, had critical roles in the development of my faith that led me into ministry. Take them out of my life, and I honestly have no idea where I would be right now. All I know is that my life would be very, very different. There's another passage that people, well, men, use to pick up, uh, to explain, or to put women into what they see the proper place. And that comes just before we learn Eve's name. And just after Adam and Eve are caught eating the forbidden fruit. The passage is used when God uh, hands out his punishment for their disobedience. And God says to Eve, I will make your pains and childbearing very severe. With painful labor you will give birth to children. Your desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you. Now, okay, sure, this one maybe seems kind of clear. Women are to serve men. But I don't necessarily believe that's the case. God created women, woman, to reflect the nature of God to man. This does not change. Woman is an important helper to man in his life. The fact that she is the one to give birth through painful labor, then this just goes to show how strong women are and how humanity would have never survived without them. Adam, as the so-called leader in the relationship, well, what happened when God questioned him about why they were hiding in the Garden of Eden after they ate the forbidden fruit? I mean, they both ate it. Adam was there with her. Scripture tells us that he was at her side through the whole ordeal. She ate it, she tasted it, and she passed it on to him right there. And when God asked Adam what happened, what did he do? He immediately blamed Eve. He said, the woman you put here with me, she gave me some of the fruit from the tree and I ate it. Now there's some quality leadership, no? When caught in his sin, what did Adam do? He blamed Eve. He didn't say, oh no, I'm so sorry, I, I, I was there, I should have stopped the whole thing, but I didn't, uh, please forgive me. He didn't say that. He said, that woman you put here, she did it. Adam is just as guilty as Eve for eating the forbidden fruit. He is as much to blame as she is because he was right there with her when she was tempted, but he chose not to stop it. Together they brought sin into the world. And through their sin, life begins. When you think about it, isn't that interesting? Eve is the first woman ever. She is the first wife. She is the first mother. She is not weak 
or passive like so many make her out to be. The serpent went to her, not Adam. Why? Because, because it seemed like the serpent knew she would be the one who could make a decision. She was the one who could influence the other to take the fruit as well. She was the one who was willing to explore new questions, new possibilities. She is the one strong enough to bear children. She is not weak and submissive. She is influential. She is strong. She is powerful. She, was the, she is the one who stands up to the serpent and asks the questions. Now, sure, the serpent won. He got his way, but Eve was the one who was strong enough, brave enough, curious enough to ultimately make the decision, albeit the wrong one. But even in her sin, God gives her an important role. He gave her the most important role. Now, God could have easily said, well, that didn't work out. Let's start over again. But he didn't. God instead made Eve the mother of everyone. God promised the serpent that an offspring of Eve would one day crush his head. I saw this image just before Christmas that I want to share with you now. As you can see, it is a piece of art that depicts Eve and Mary, the mother of Jesus. It is called Mary and Eve. And it's created by Sister Grace Remington, OCSO, from Sisters of the Mississippi Abbey in Dubuque, Iowa. As you look at this image, you can see Eve. Her head is down. She's looking sad and ashamed, holding the fruit in the garden. The serpent is wrapped around her legs. She reaches out to Mary, touching her pregnant belly. And then you see Mary looking at Eve with a smile on her face. Her hand is out. She's offering comfort. Mary's heel, well, she's standing on the head of the serpent. It's quite a powerful image when you realize that Mary is carrying the promised offspring so many years later. God's promise is fulfilled. Eve's offspring is crushing the head of the evil one. Eve is an incredible woman. She is strong. She is powerful. She is influential. She is the reflection of God to Adam as his helper, not as his servant, but his equal, his partner in the garden and in life. She is not the example of a servant wife to bow to the demands of her husband. She is the example of a strong woman chosen by God to be a leader along with her husband. By Eve making her mistake through the disobeying of God's instructions, Eve is the example also that God does not give up on us. Even when we fall to the temptation of evil, of sin, God's love does not abandon us. In fact, when God expelled Adam and Eve from the garden, God made sure they, need, they had everything they needed when they left. And let's not fool ourselves either. If we were in Eve's place there in the garden, when this, the, the evil serpent came by tempting us, 
with delicious looking fruit, we would have made the same decision. We would have succumbed to his sly and manipulative ways and we would have tasted that fruit. We would be just as guilty as Eve and as Adam. But it is God who, if you remember, it is God who actually walked with Adam and Eve in the garden, face to face, talking with them. It is God who would not let them suffer from the results of their sin. He loved them. They were his children. So as he sent them on with their lives to live and grow on their own, he supplied for all their needs. Eve, she is the first woman. She is the first wife. She is the mother of all humanity. She is strong. She is powerful. She is influential. She is the reflection of God as a helper, as equal, and as a partner in God's creation. May we see God's love in her. May we see God's love for her. May we see God's love for us through her. As we remember this woman from long ago, this woman who teaches us the importance of God in our lives and how he loves us even still today, even in our own mistakes, in our own sin. And may we also live and grow by the abundance of God in our lives. May we know the power that we may we know that the power of the evil one has been defeated for us through the offspring of her womb, Jesus Christ, who is our Lord and Savior still today. May we rest in this comfort that God is with us always, all the way back to the first mother of all creation. Thanks be to God. Amen. Would you join me in a time of prayer, please? Let us pray. Almighty God, we come into your presence always with thanksgiving. We are so thankful for the blessings in our lives, even in these difficult days. We are so thankful that we have friends and family we can talk to. We are so thankful that we can reach out to others who feel alone and offer them friendship and comfort in, those, in these days. Lord, we're so thankful for the example of strong women in the Bible who teach us that we are all powerful by the power that you have given to us, that we are all leaders, that there is no one who is weaker than anyone else. And Lord, we give you thanks for all these people, all these saints, all these people we can read about in your word that give us hope, that give us comfort, that teach us more about who you are in our lives today still. Lord, we come ever aware of the impact of COVID that is happening in our province and in our world. And so we once again pray that this wave come to an end. We pray for our schools as they go back into in-person learning this week. We pray, O oh God, for the safety of our children. We pray, O oh God, for the safety of their families for, and for teachers and administrators. May, O oh God, our schools be free from 
this disease, this virus. Lord, we pray today for those who are struggling with mental health issues, especially around anxiety and uh, around COVID, whether it's with schools or work or just life in general, God, we pray for comfort and healing and in your presence to be with those who struggle with these mental health issues today. May you give them comfort. May you give them peace. And God, we pray for our government leaders and bureaucrats and uh, who have to make these incredibly difficult decisions. Lord, we pray that you give them wisdom in all that they do so that they may do what is best for all of us, but especially for those who are most vulnerable in our society. Lord, we pray for everyone who is struggling, for whatever the issue may be. We pray for those who mourn. We pray for those who maybe are having surgeries or tests postponed again. We pray, oh God, for those who live in uncertainty. We pray for those who are impacted by winter storms or other natural uh, disasters or patterns. Lord, we pray for the we pray for your earth, especially as we are in the midst of a climate crisis as well. So Lord, teach us to be better stewards of that to which you have entrusted us with. Lord, help us to take better care of this planet, the only place that we have to call home. Lord, we pray for those around us, our families and our friends. Lord, we lift them up to you and you know their needs better than we do. And so we pray that you will bring them peace and comfort and healing. Lord, may you speak into their lives this day so they may know your presence in their, in their, in their weakest and most tired moments. Lord, we lift all these prayers to you in the name of Jesus Christ, the one who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen.
Thank you, my friends, for joining me in worship this day. If you would like to make an offering to our church, you may do so on our website or by e-transfer or um, drop your check off into my mailbox or Joyce's mailbox, and we will make sure things are taken care of for you. We thank you so much for your support. We wish God's blessing upon you and the gifts that God has given us and the blessings we all share together. As we go forward from this place, we remember the power of God is always with us. God's presence is always with us. Jesus is always with us. And the Holy Spirit brings it all together in our hearts. Let us go in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God in each and every one of us, now and forever. Amen.